0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If I start this, what if it blows up in my face? Sure. Also, I hadn't worked or done anything for so long that I was very nervous and that very like with this brand or starting a beauty brand, you also have you have to be your own PR person, your own marketing person, you have to be a salesman. And in the beginning, it was very tough for me to sort of approach people and even my friends so in the beginning i did not tell anyone that i was doing this that's patricia
1: gallardo my latest bucketless careers careers rockstar guest and co-founder of epic light beauty welcome back to the podcast i'm crystal Laurie. thanks for joining me so patricia had a few pivots she worked in product development in the beauty industry after college but then decided to go to graduate school for journalism After graduating from NYU, she worked for several years as a segment producer and booker at CNBC, and she loved what she was doing. But in this episode, we talk about the tough decisions she made to leave CNBC to become a stay-at-home mother, and then how in 2019 she decided to create Epic Light Beauty with one of her longtime best mom friends and now co-founder. They found a meaningful next chapter – in solving a problem. They felt beauty brands weren't really speaking to women their age. My age too, actually. We're all Gen Xers, and I'm a fan of her products because, hey, as Patricia told me, looking and feeling beautiful never gets old. All right, let's dig in. Welcome, Patricia. I'm so glad we pulled this together to get you on the podcast. Thank you, Krista. Nice to be here. Well, you know, I appreciate your time. You've been super busy lately. I recently saw that you guys had your beauty products featured in gift bags for Oscar nominees. I mean, for an indie brand that just launched last year, that's a testimony to where you are already at this point.
0: It has been rather, I guess, daunting, like in such a short span, everything that we've accomplished. Like even this past week, we were featured in Allure magazine. So it's nice to see the rewards.
1: Yeah, you're starting to get the press attention. And we want to dig into, of course, what the brand offers for Gen Xers. I've actually fallen in love with the sample you gave me of that never settle blush for my cheeks. And I will say to my listeners, I'm not just saying this, that it does not settle into those little lines and creases on your face. So it is really doing something different. We're going to get into all that and unpack what is singular about Epic Light Beauty. But first, as you know on this podcast we'd like to dig into transitions of your career narrative and the pivots and the mindset behind it. So let's dial it back Patricia. You didn't start out doing this and you have an interesting evolution I would say. You did start out though in product development. So let's begin there.
0: So I sort of fell into product development after I graduated from college. I was introduced to someone and I thought it sounded exciting working. It was for I worked at Revlon product development and marketing and I had a great time, but I wasn't making any money. As you know, PR and marketing do not pay. And then I decided my family has a history in journalism. So I decided to go to journalism school. I went to NYU. This is around the time that financial journalism was starting to kick off. So I had an interest in that as well. Mm -hmm. And while I was in graduate school, I still sort of kept my foot in the door and did some freelance for Ralph Lauren, L'Oreal and Revlon. But once I graduated, I took a turn and started working at CNBC, which I loved. I loved financial journalism and I was there for a few years.
1: So you were a segment producer there. What did you like about that? And then tell us what started to not work for you because obviously you transitioned out.
0: I loved working at CNBC. I loved interviewing people, coming up with story ideas, working in different shows, traveling. But I got married and decided to have a child and it was a little stressful because I had a hard time sort of living in both worlds, having a newborn and then getting home late from work. And I felt that I wasn't spending enough time with my child. So as much to my dismay, I left my job. It was very tough.
1: I know. Yeah, I went through the same exact thing. And especially since you went back to school, got your journalism degree, worked to get that position at CNBC. It is not easy to let go. But I did the same thing. Do you know that? When Olivia was about, I guess, three months, I left an anchor position at News 12. And a lot of people said to me, are you crazy? (laughs) But you follow your heart. Yeah. Exactly. And so then you were a stay-at-home mom, but I know you were also doing a lot of volunteering. You were on charity boards for X amount of years. You got to a point where you felt unfulfilled though.
0: Yes. So it started. So my husband's an attorney like yours, and we would go to all these work functions and they would ask me, so what do you do? <laughs> and once I said, oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom, it was like, I didn't exist. So they just sort of moved on to the next person. It's hard. It's hard. So that irritated me. Mm -hmm. As my kids got older, I doing charity awards and all that. It was fun, interesting, rewarding. But I felt that I wasn't doing something for myself. And as the 5.0 approached, I sort of said, what is something that I want to do for myself? And I had always said, I want to start a makeup brand. Even when I was in my 30s, I already had a product in mind. Oh, you did? What was
1: that product? I did.
0: I love lip gloss. I am an avid collector of lip gloss. I maybe have like 300 lip glosses. (laughs) And I always said, I want to have a lip gloss where it also is like a hand cream because some lip glosses that I love come in a little pot and then you get your fingers dirty. And like, I could just use it. If it's a hand cream, use it as a hand cream. Right. So that was an idea I had. And then as I got older, I realized that there really isn't a market for women my age. It's either for younger or they always show like an older, much older, frumpy looking woman.
1: That is so true.
0: You know, in my forties and I was, and now in my 50, I'm 50. I don't consider myself to be frumpy and I don't I I don't consider myself to be a 25-year-old either. So there really isn't much representation of women our age in the beauty industry.
1: Totally agree. So you saw a white space.
0: I saw there's a white space. And it's interesting. So if you look, do a search for stock images of 40-year-old models, you will get women in their 70s. Really? There's no such a thing as women in their 40s, like in this, for like, Getting images. It's very rare that you find a model in their 40s.
1: Yeah, I can understand why that would strike a chord. Yeah. You also had this friend of yours. I know you met her years ago when your daughters were in preschool, Saima, your partner now, your co founder. And obviously, you two came together in this very creative way to build this brand. And tell me about that connection and your partnership. I really love the tagline the two of you have on your website above your photo We see you because we are you. That speaks to me. And I am also your age, by the way, not afraid to say it. So talk to me about that partnership and the origins of Epic Life Beauty.
0: Like I said, I always wanted to start a makeup brand. I love makeup. I find that it is something that you can have the worst day. And if you just buy for me, you know, I just buy a lip gloss. <laughs> I have my addiction. It just makes me feel happy. Or you can, just putting on a little bit of blush lightens your face makes you feel happier. 100%. So I knew I wanted to do something in that area, but I had doubts. Who is going to buy my products? And it took years. I think it took right before COVID is when I said, okay, I'm going to be looking at 50 and it's now or never. So I decided that I was going to do it. And I do have a very good friend of mine, Saima, and she, we've known each other since the first day of preschool, of our kids' preschool. So that's about 15 years ago. And she had a background in finance. And I spoke to her and I said, I really have this idea. I think there's this white space for women. And she also is another makeup junkie. Hmm. And she's extremely sensitive skin. So I told her, how about we do this together? And she's like family. So we decided to do it together. I guess the rest is history. We decided on the name Epic Light was very challenging. It was very hard to come to because everything you you can imagine is trademarked. Sure. So I I think for me wearing makeup, I sort of wanted to sh- like shine a light on my face and just show that glowy, beautiful skin naturally. And so that's where we got the word light. Yeah. We sort of wanted to start this conversation of as you age or as you grow into your own it doesn't mean that you are a wrinkled disheveled grumpy old woman thank you so we want to start this conversation where 50s hot that is what we the community that we want to build with epic light
1: yeah look at JLo, Jennifer Aniston.
0: Yeah, we so we wanted to do this epic change to beauty and that's how we came with Epic.
2: If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything indeed on this podcast terms and conditions apply indeed.com slash podcast need to hire you need indeed
1: let's talk about the skincare infused products that you have and their ingredients which i know are all natural high performing so you have hyaluronic acid which is a big one these days avocado oil and sea fennel extract and that's supposed to boost your skin even after you remove your makeup so that sounds intriguing to me and beneficial on various levels. So how did you come up with that? I know this was years in the making. You didn't just launch this last year and have it ready to go in no. a month. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it, it it took a while. We did our homework and I still had some contacts with a lab in Italy. And so we worked with the chemist in the lab over there. And I knew that I with hyaluronic acid, I wanted to have multi-molecular hyaluronic acid, which has... Small and large particles, because the smaller the particles, the deeper it penetrates within the skin and it plumps like a a deeper level of the skin versus the larger particles, Mm. which just lay on the skin and it gives you that plumpy, dewy look. I knew I wanted to have that. Then the sea fennel extract, it's nature's retinol. So it's like an alternative to retinol. And avocado oil, I mean, it has so many benefits. Plumps your skin, collagen renewal and actually it's a mood enhancer is that right yes. yes and it's actually it's hysterical it is doing our research it's like also like it helps with your libido
1: <laughs> a superfood avocado i mean i love the more i learn about it exactly right? it's an interesting combination of ingredients i have noticed that when i use my the never settle blush you have to sort of rub it down a little bit yeah i love the texture Let's talk obstacles because we want to learn from you. Obviously, a new indie beauty brand, a lot of competition out there. Tell me about the biggest obstacles you found and how you overcame them. And then I want to talk about your personal obstacles.
0: Okay. In terms of the brand, the biggest obstacle is getting the word out and in a sea of new indie brands. And also the biggest obstacle is besides, I guess, ourselves. In the beginning, we were very excited, but trepidatious because we were new. We didn't think, we thought it would take longer mm-hmm. to sort of get the press and have people recognize us, but also the insecurity of, particularly for myself, that self-doubt
1: totally. creeps in. What do you think is at the root of that fear of failure? Like, I'll start this, I'll start talking about it, and it'll fizzle, and I'll feel silly about the whole thing. Yeah,
0: that fear of failure, Sort of like if I start this and what if it blows up in my face? Sure. Also, I hadn't worked or done anything for so long that I was very nervous and that very like with this brand or starting a beauty brand, you also have, you have to be your own PR person. You're a marketing person. You have to be a salesman. And in the beginning, it was very tough for me to sort of approach people and even my friends. So in the beginning, I did not tell anyone that I was doing this for how long for about a year and a half. Wow. I kept it quiet. Obviously my husband knew and my kids, but I kept it quiet because it was, I think it was that insecurity on my part, sort of, why are you, who who are you, who are you to start this beauty brand?
1: So very natural. So common. I hear this by the way, Yeah.
0: especially among founders of our age. Exactly. And especially, you know, around this time, there's changes that we go through. And it also affects like anxiety levels and stuff. I know so what you're talking about. I had to keep that on ch- in check. But I had to get over it because I had to be my own spokesperson, my own, I guess, cheerleader. And thankfully, I also had my partner by my side.
1: Right. Talk to me about the support of having a co-founder and how powerful that is.
0: It was in the beginning when I told people, oh, I have I'm going to start it with a friend. They're like, oh, it's so, you have to be careful. You can end your friendship. Things can happen. But I've known her for so long. And I do. we do consider each other family. And she is sort of the glass half full person, always. I think I definitely needed that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And sometimes now. It's very good to have someone who is the biggest cheerleader for the brand and a biggest cheerleader for everything that you do. And I find that in my partner. And you have a team
1: of about six women. How did that come together? And how's that working out?
0: Yeah. So we have our fulfillment center is in Menands, New York. And it's run by two women that we love. And we basically just interviewed tons of fulfillment centers and someone recommended this one saying, oh, it's a small fulfillment center run by women. And we're like, okay this one's it. And then we have a social media team. It's an agency and it's also owned by a woman. So it's been exciting trying to keep that support of women throughout everything, all aspects of the the company.
1: Right. And don't you love showing that to your daughter as well? Yes. I, I applaud you for that, of course. How does it feel? Is this really lighting you up? Do you feel differently? I mean, I talk to people sometimes who say they're looking at life through a different lens now that they've found something that's really fueling them day to day. Tell me about how you're seeing the world these days.
0: I'm very busy. <laughs> <laughs> I think now I have. I did have a purpose before, but it was more family related purpose mm-hmm. where I was a stay at home mom and I basically, you know, sure, as we do everything for our children, I wasn't really doing something for myself. And I find that this is for myself. And stop. It makes me curious. No, it's fine. Take, take a moment. Oh, I totally get
1: that. And I totally understand you being like a little emotional there because, and let me clarify, when I say something that fuels you, I understand that parenthood fuels us. I am in the sitting in the same position as you where for years I took time out and I felt like I put myself last, but I would never regret that. Because I feel like I gave so much to them and I'm so proud of them. Oh my God, you're making me cry now too. (laughs) This has never happened. Oh my gosh. After a hundred episodes, someone got me to also get a little emotional because we are so conflicted sometimes as mothers who are also ambitious. So I know that you've been fueled by all that you've given your family, but in terms of professional purpose, and we can even start to shift gears towards takeaways to our listeners now. What do you think is most valuable in getting to this point where you feel that you're making a mark, you're leaving uh, like the legacy you want to, and you're doing something for yourself professionally that's really clicking?
0: I guess I would love to, I always had this motto my whole life. So I, I'm I'm an only child. I grew up in New York city and I would always say, if someone else can do it, I can do it too. Why can't I do it if they Mm -hmm. can? And I always led that life And I sort of, in my life in that way, and then I sort of had a little pause of feeling that way. And I've got my, what is the expression? Is it called like my jumbo back? Or my mojo? mojo. Yeah, mojo. I got my mojo back. Yes. My mojo back. And I said, you know what? Other people do it too. Why can't I? And I'm sort of back to living my life that way and not having any second thoughts or letting the insecurities creep in. I think that's what's fueling me right now is sort of, you know what? You can do it. Others can have done it and you can do it too. That
1: feels good. Well, Patricia, thank you so much. You're welcome. I want to make sure we tell everyone where to go find out more about Epic Light Beauty, where they can
0: actually buy the products as well. So you can go to Epic Light Beauty. You can go to our website, epiclightbeauty.com or on Instagram and also on Amazon.
1: Will we see you in retail stores? Actually, I meant to ask you also about plans for the future. Are Are you working on new products? Yes,
0: we're working on a new product. It's a lip treatment.
1: Like you're going to get to have that perfect lip treatment, lip gloss that you've been dreaming of.
0: Yes, we're going to. Yeah. But this one is is catered to like wrinkly lips. Gotcha.
1: Oh, amazing.
0: We're in a couple of spas and we are working obviously to get into retail, Mm -hmm. but it's just right now for an indie brand, it's not worth going into like a a huge store like Sephora or anything like that.
1: Yeah. One step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It sounds like you have everything going for you guys right now. So, Patricia Gallardo of Epic Life Beauty, thank you so much for your time and also your authenticity in telling your story. It's really meaningful to have that. And I think a lot of people will appreciate it and learn from it. So, thank you so much again.
0: Thank you, Krista. It was a great time. Thank you.
1: Thanks for supporting the podcast. I'm Crystal Laurie, and this is Bucket List Careers. We'll be back on Thursday with a fresh episode and guest. Be well. An ironic media production.
2: Visit
0: us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K